Hello and welcome to my podcast. You're listening to Debbie Souter of Together Talking Music and each week I'll be speaking with guest songwriters, musicians, artists and educators about how music and song has influenced their lives personally and professionally. And we'll find out which three songs have really made an impact on our guests' lives and the reasons why. Welcome to episode five. Today I'm speaking with Philadelphia-based singer-songwriter and artist Tracy Coletto. Tracy has garnered comparisons to Carole King and Joni Mitchell for her songwriting and vocal style. Her songs are ambient, atmospheric, dream pop folk, and they have been added to playlists for many terrestrial and online radio stations, including WXPN's Sleepy Hollow. Tracy has been nominated for Best Alternative Country Song at the 15th Annual Independent Music Awards and an honourable mention in the John Lennon International Songwriting Competition and was recently named One to Watch by Nashville Songwriter Association International. Her latest release is the single Diving In, which is all about overcoming the obstacles of fear to pursue something you love. Enough of the silence I'm no longer dying If I'm gonna keep dreaming Then I need to keep trying Back into motion I'm no longer Confidence growing. I made up my mind. I made up my mind. I'm diving in, diving in the treasures I may find into the deep, deep. I know that this is right. Treasures I may find Into the deep, deep 
for joining me today. We've just been listening to your new single, Diving In, which was your return to music after several years. And you say, it's amazing how one little step leads to another, simply because I decided not to make excuses anymore for what I love to do. It's been a great ride, sometimes very hard and other times magical. And I'm grateful for that. Why the break from music? Well, I got married and then I, I have an interest in travel. So we ended up traveling all over the place, all over the world. Um, and, and I really enjoyed it. I, I had a lot of fun with that. And then I do have a degree in art. So I decided to get back into art. I, you know, started painting and doing exhibits. And, and then one day, like, I think it was in 20. 14 I'm like what am I doing like why did I forget to do music and I I guess it was it's always really hard to 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 create music and be a musician because you are you know you're kind of putting yourself out there and you know everybody's like please listen to me please, you know so I, I guess I got kind of tired of it and I was a little scared of, of it and I just thought it was just I have so many interests I guess you know the other stuff was wonderful but it always kept hounding me. So then that's when I, you know, I had all these songs that I had written within that time that were inspired by my travels and my life. So I don't see it as like a horrible, oh, you know, like a dry spell really, because I, you know, it's material for songs. So um, I can tell you how, how it went, you know, I mean, fast forward to 2015, in the winter, I just took all my songs and I went to a studio and I just played demos of them. And I was going to do like an EP or something, but then as everything flowed, I ended up doing an album by the end of the, you know, by the end of the year, which ended up being Chocolate Happy Cake. And then that's when I started performing live again, which I hadn't done. I always had somebody accompany me, even though I know how to play an instrument. So, you know, it was, it was, I remember like the first day I went out to, I actually went out to an open mic and I have been performing my whole life in all different ways. Like I've done, you know, I've been solos at, at people's weddings, you know, professional, um, so, you know, that, that type of thing. And, but for some reason to sing your own song and to accompany yourself, you know, that, that combination I never really did. And so it was really I, you know, I got my keyboard, I got a little case for my keyboard, and at the time it weighed like, I had this 60 pound keyboard, so it wasn't like an easy thing, you know, but I remember 
like, okay, I'm going to perform again. I'm going to do my, I'm going to, I'm a songwriter again. It was almost like the feeling like if you were going to, like you knew someone was going to die the next day or you knew you had to do something and you didn't want to do it. It was just so horrible. And then once I did it, it was like, I couldn't stop. It was like, you know, I was going berserk. I was, you know, performing all over the place in 2016. So, so diving in is, is, is the, not the epitome. I don't know how, how to say it, but it's like the summary of having something that you've always wanted to do and then just kind of suppressing it because you're comfortable or maybe you have another interest, which is fine, but it's always there. It's always going to, you know, so you're diving in, you're, you're, you're deciding, you know what, screw it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah. Kind of okay. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to, you know, you just kind of get to a point where you don't, you don't worry as much anymore. You're just like, okay, I'm going in. And, and that was, that was what inspired diving in. Yeah, and sometimes, I mean, that fear can really hold us back sometimes. And I think, especially when you're singing your own songs. That's the big thing, yeah. Yeah. And I wonder what it is about that, about singing your own songs. I guess it's about you're opening yourself up, aren't you? Completely. Oh, yeah. And if people, people personally know me, I'm not like a touchy-feely person. The, the music definitely is a part, is my, is my emotion, that's how I express my emotions. It's always been mm. like that. Mm. It's um, it's quite a safe way of communicating your emotions, I think, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. My song and yeah, yeah. I always um, I live my life by the mantra of um, he who jumps off the cliff learns how to fly. It's mm -hmm. a bit like diving in, you know. It's right. That... It's that risk. You have to mm. take the risk. You have to yeah. be scared. You do, and I think you. You learn a lot from that by facing that fear and and going with it and yeah, yeah. So of the obstacle that you you faced in pursuing that one that one thing that you loved, it was that fear. Um, yeah. So you said you're also an artist. Can you tell us some more about that? Okay. And I can actually see because we're zo yeah, well, we're zooming at the moment, and I can see one of your beautiful paintings. It's an aerial painting. I um, I have a degree in illustration, and I I do have a day job where I design. Um, that's what keeps me alive. But um, I've also uh, painted my husband. Well, when I when I'm in planes, I will take photographs of um, you know how like rivers have pattern when they when they wiggle around through mountains and things like that I've always loved that and I tend to paint uh, realism or and I wanted to do something that was real but something that was a different perspective so I decided to um, do paintings of real things but that are really strange looking so I, I started to do aerials I took photos and then and then I would blow them up and then I would I would pump up the color and create these crazy like patterns that some people say they look like intestines. I, I think they're beautiful. I mean, they're, it, it's just, you know, it's just another way of looking at the world. And actually yeah. people were thinking I was nuts. I was actually going to do like CAT scan photo um, painting too. Cause like, that's kind of, I don't know, we're going into this strange artist thing, but I just, I just enjoyed it because I got tired of just painting 
there wasn't anything passionate. Like I, when when I do something, when I want to express something passionate, it's usually music. When I want to express like, oh, that's pretty cool looking. It's more visual. So the visual arts and the music, they're they're kind of tied together, but it's like one takes care of one thing and another thing takes takes care of another. I do like patterns, which I think is a very musical kind of thing, mm. and very mathematical. So, you know, everybody's brain is so complicated as far as how they express visual and musical art, um, mm. especially like you would know that because you, you teach music and you would um, see how people, you know, how it works, what works for them, what, what doesn't. But anyway, so I, I painted and so I, you know, I've been doing both visual and musical stuff all my life. It's just, it's just easier for the, for the visual because when you do a painting or art, you just put it on a wall and then you walk away. You don't have to look at people's reactions. You know, they're not throwing tomatoes at you or, you know, like walking away or, you know, the things that they do when you perform, you know. But, yeah. So Yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's I mean, much you... easier it's that thing isn't it when you're standing on the stage and you're in that moment and you don't know how people are reacting to your songs and your performance you haven't got a clue have you usually (laughs) until the end of the song you don't know what the reaction is going to be and and that can be quite scary yeah yeah yeah, I mean, like, there there have been times where I'm like, oh, I really sucked, you know, like, this is bad. And then somebody will come up to me and go, oh, you know, your song reminded me, Summer reminded me of my wife who, you know, passed away. You know, like, really. So it's it's funny how perception is when you're up there. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, you might think that you're not doing well. And then you might think you're doing great. Yeah, and as you say, you don't realize, you know, there's just just being able to reach that one person in the audience or not, not necessarily a live performance, but a recording, mm-hmm. just being able to reach one person. It it makes all the difference, doesn't it? It, it doesn't matter. It it. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't really it's it's the people that really engage in the music not that they people that don't engage don't matter but what i'm saying is it's you know every every musician has an audience and if you can reach that person and move them then you've done Mm. your job as a musician absolutely yeah no matter what kind of music you do yeah i totally agree how did you start off in music and how, how did you start off with songwriting oh wow um Ever since I was alive, and I don't want to say, I mean, I'm, I really, like, when I was a kid, if I was upset and I was alone, nobody was around, I would sing a song about, like, what happened that day, you know, or, you know, some mean kid or, so I was always singing to myself. Um, my sister even said when I was walking to school one day, she goes, oh, you were singing to yourself walking to school. I was like seven or something. And I'm like, no, I'm not, you know, but. I did that. I, I just, so I've always been doing that, but I just, I thought everybody did that. I thought everybody just made up music. So I was like, eh, you know, whatever. So when I got, I, I know one of your things that you like to ask is about music education. So in my mind, I'm like, I want to be a songwriter. I always had these dreams, like in the movies, you know, you see people with the recording studios singing and everything. 
So I thought, well, I'm going to get into music, you know, when, when you have the band. When you're like nine here, you play an instrument, you pick an instrument. So I picked the flute, but that was really silly because you can't sing and play the flute. <laughs> and I, I did it because my sister was like this master flute person. She was like taking these lessons from this guy and, you know, doing all these trills and everything. And I, I thought, well, if I learn music, then I can like take my music and make it more formal, the songs that I have. But it really, like, I wasn't good. I was like the, out of 15 flute players, I was the 15th chair. <laughs> it was just, it just didn't work, you know? I mean, I still have my flute. It's up on, it's, you can, I don't know if you can see it. It's up there. It needs yeah. pads, but I have it. <laughs> um, and then, gosh, so I'm going to try to accelerate this a little bit. I took guitar lessons. That was a little bit better because I was able to play the songs that I liked. But I still, I was like, why can't I just, you know, why is this so hard? And I found out that I actually don't like reading music. Um, it's a wonderful tool to document songs from hundreds of years. But for me, I think my analytical mind just got really confused. You know, like I, I had to always like, okay, it's two steps down. And like every time I was doing reading, it wasn't like I was reading it like a book so like beautifully. It was like, it was torture. So um, I had a friend fast forward like way many years later I had a friend that was playing the guitar she was writing her own songs and I'm like oh okay I, how, you, how do you do it she goes well I just do chords and I just strum the guitar and I just sing and she's and I said that's it she's like yeah I'm like no way so I started doing that I started taking all my music that I could you know not everything because there's pieces of things that you just kind of put on the side and then you're like okay later maybe I'll use you later but the major ones, I, I copyrighted them. I just took like a whole bunch of them and copyrighted them. Cause I'm like, I'm going to copyright my music. I'm, and I did, I, you know, I recorded the, the song and I recorded, I, you know, I did all the chord progressions and the lyrics and everything. So that's what started it. But it, it was interesting because I always thought like I had to do, um, this formal thing. I also, I also took classical voice, by the way, I took opera, I was a coloratura soprano and I took classical guitar and I took piano I was actually playing ragtime tunes before I decided that I was just going to play it you know just do chords and wiggle my fingers around because that's how I that's how I work um so so anyway so like from the formal thing and trying to figure out like what how do you what do you need to be a songwriter I you know finding out that I don't need to to do notation, you know, I don't have to hire, I actually hired somebody to do notation before that, which was nuts, because, you know, I have to, that's what I have to do if I'm going to, you know, get these songs copywritten. Um, for you guys out there that are songwriters, and, and you're, you know, that's all you need to do, chords and lyrics. Um, so anyway, so I decided to do an album, and by the time I figured this out, I wasn't like 18 years old, you know, I had been living on my own and I'm like oh man you know I'm not gonna wait to have like Uncle Charlie who plays the clarinet play for me I actually saved up a thousand dollars and I I hired a studio and musicians and I had three songs and I made an EP which is no longer in circulation but it was the coolest thing it was like a vacation to me it was like that's how I saw it in my mind, because like some people are like, $1,000, you're going to be out of your mind, you know, like, why are you doing that? But it was, it was like a vacation. So 
fast forward, I did an album, the full one, and it was weird because, like, I never told my family because I was just so, like, paranoid about it. And, you know, so as, as things progressed, I got more open with it because I kind of kept everything so secret. And, um, and I guess it was because, you know, the, the, the flute stuff that I had, you know, just of all the, the kind of negative stuff that I got. And I was thinking, oh, you know, I can't do that until I do this. Or I don't know what that was, but anyway, we don't need to dwell into that. But that's kind of like my long story. <laughs> Was that the was that the um, album that was is it called Chocolate Happy Cake? Is yeah, that actually, that was yeah. that was the first one called Home, and um, mm -hmm. and then there was that break, and then I did Chocolate Happy Cake, mm -hmm. and um, yeah. And is that the the track Patmos? Does that come from that album, or is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and where did the inspiration come from? Because we're just about to have a listen to Patmos. Oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> so where did the inspiration come from? From actually traveling there, I took a very cheap Greek um, island cruise that went on the islands. And it, it stopped in all the beautiful places like Mykonos and Tantorini, but then it also stopped in Patmos. And a lot of people didn't want to get on the island. They just like, ah, it's just, there's not much there. So I, I got a equivalent to eight dollars a i rented a moped it was off season and i rode all over the island and it it's it was small but you could you're up on a hill and you could see the sea it was just one of those beautiful days where everything was great you can have one of those days when you have a picnic in your backyard but it, it, the scenery was great everything i went up on a hill and there were these goats <laughs> like we, you're expecting something beautiful but they had bells on their necks and all the bells were different sizes so when the when they when the wind blew and when they were moving it was like this there were like 40 of these bells and they were all like ding, 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 ding. and then the the breeze was coming in and i'm looking at the ocean and i was like on top of the world so that's what inspired patmos that that's pretty much the lyrics of the song without yeah. the goats of course <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a really really magical moment yeah yeah okay so we'll just have a listen to to Patmos Awaken 
far behind me And everything is seen in different light Everything that's weary from this life Goes far behind me from the album um, Chocolate Happy Cake and it's a really beautiful song. Thank you. I really, really enjoyed it. It's lovely. It's really atmospheric. Um, so I'm just curious to find out what your first memory of music was. Uh, being in our sunny living room with my father's stereo blasting uh, jazz show tunes, the Rat Pack, you know, Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, that type of thing. It just, like, it actually, it, you could hear it all throughout the house because he just had this love of music. He had these big speakers that were just like, you could hear it all over the place. It just kind of penetrated me as far yeah. as style and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's so important to have, um, to have music around you, especially when you're younger. It, it, does, it does have an influence, I think, on you. Um, yeah, I think it, it does. It definitely does. Yeah. How have the uh, the lockdowns and the pandemic um, uh, changed your way of working? Well, I mean, for obvious reasons, we've we've had to do a lot of things remotely. But I've been trying to keep my mind um, towards just plugging along, you know, persevering and, and creating music and. I did have some concerts that have been postponed, but many of them, they just keep postponing them. But also in the summer when the weather got really, really warm, I was able to do a couple of outdoor concerts, which was really uh, like medicine to me, you know, just to be able to just kind of still have some, some of that. And, but I think Zoom has really been, as much as I'm tired of it, has been a, a good thing for me because I've been able to collaborate with artists from all over the world um, I've been doing songwriter circles, I've been doing open mics, you know, there's one in Jerusalem, there's one in um, 
Great Britain, you know, there's some even here that are, I wouldn't have been able to attend. So uh, I'm trying to make it into something more positive. I've been co-writing more, you know, and I just love the idea of being able to connect with people all over the world. So that, that's been the positive part of it. And I, you know, just, it's just been okay. It's been good. Mixed bag. So we've come to the part now where I'm going to ask you about what three songs or pieces of music that you've chosen and the reasons why. So um, what's the first piece that you've chosen? Um, Moon River. Which oh, that's, I have to is, say, I have to, I have to just put in there. So, it's one of my favourites. <laughs> I love that well, song. Well, I'm going to lay back because I, I love so many songs, but I'm going to go way. Most of these are like when I was a kid. Um, Moon River was one of the songs that um, my dad played on his on his big stereo, and it, what it did, it just it just like it was like the I think it was the one that maybe I don't know who sung it, but it was one where it started out with a really like kind of jazz guitar or like real sparse, and then it got into strings and stuff. I I I, I don't know it whatever the song itself just takes me. It's like a dream song. It's like my somewhere over the rainbow it's like instead of somewhere over the rainbow there's this river and and you can do anything like it's going to take you anywhere and and just the the there's just it's just i love the melody it's just so beautiful it's it's just so beautiful i i it's like a it's a very hopeful song and i know it's very old-fashioned but i do think like old-fashioned meaning like it came it's very popular like in the 50s and 60s but I do think that a good melody is timeless, and I would encourage any of you that have never heard of the song, just listen to it, mm. because it, it just it just takes you. It just takes mm. you to another place. Yeah. At least it does for me. I always remember it was from Breakfast at Tiffany's, I think, wasn't it? I didn't um, like the way she did it, though. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, Moon River, you know, like, I was just like, whatever. I, yeah, I, I remember it in there too, but it, it's just beautiful. It's just a beautiful song. And your second choice? Um, oh gosh, I, I gave these to you and I can't remember which one it was. Oh, okay. Um, Ricky Lee Jones, Saturday Afternoons, 1963. And um, Ricky Lee Jones, I, I think she's pretty well known in the UK. Um, Rick, uh, she did an album in 1979. I, I didn't know this, like it, I heard this later, but I remember being like 14 or 15 in my bedroom by myself. It was like three in the morning. I used to stay up late and I used to listen to this radio station that would play the strangest songs, like out of nowhere, they weren't popular. And when her song came on in the, she, in the course goes years may go by, it's about, it's about memory and it's and it has a very very nice like dun 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 like a piano hook throughout the whole thing and it, it just kind of hit me like oh it, it's it's like I'm not, I'm by myself and I'm I'm here alone like three in the morning with my window open it's summertime listening to it was on my clock radio because <laughs> remember those things and you know that was when you when you had to, when you wanted to hear music, it would come to you. Like you couldn't just go and play it unless you had a record or something. Um, but anyway, there was just something about it. Just like it was just so sad 
and I don't know, it just kind of got in my mind. And I, and I thought at that moment, I want to write songs like that. You know, I, I want to I bring out something like I, what happened to me, you know, there, it just, I don't know, it just comforted me or something. It was, it was interesting, you know, you can't really describe it in words. And your final choice. Okay, so this one's a surprise because at one point, because I'd listened to so many show tunes, I didn't even know who Bruce Springsteen was. I, somebody at home, in my home ec class said, oh, is it Bruce Springsteen cute? And I'm like, who is he, a football player? <laughs> Being not only like a football, like a, a musician, but he's like from the state that I came from. Um, so I'm going to pick Jungle Land. And I, after I found out who Bruce Springsteen was, I was just so ashamed of myself. <laughs> I started listening to his stuff. And Jungle Land, if you're not familiar with it, it's one of his earlier, it's one of his, one of his first albums, if not his first album. And it's, it's like this, it's like a, a movie in itself. It just moves. It was like the first kind of, it's a very, very long song. And I, you know, I lived outside of New York, so I could really relate to like city and stuff. I mean, of course I wasn't from the city, but it was like a very scary place. And, you know, it, it just the beauty of the way it was recorded and I don't know, you'd have to listen to it, but it just created this picture of excitement and then at the end, you know, there's a tragedy and a girl just turns off her bedroom light. And it, it's just, it's just a beautiful, and, and it moved me because it made me think, okay, well, you know, you can create a visual, you can create, you know, it doesn't always have to be baby, baby, I love you, come here, honey, you know, kind of thing. It, it can, it can be like your movie. So those are my three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, we're going to end today's podcast with another track from your album, um, and this one's called Rosa. Could you just tell uh, us a little bit about that one? Well, actually, that one isn't in Chocolate Happy Cake. That was released as a single after. But um, in a nutshell, um, my grandmother immigrated from Italy, and I wanted to um, find out. Actually, my grandparents came from the same town. And I'm like on the far end, like I'm the youngest of the youngest of the youngest. So nobody knew like where this, these people came from, my grandparents. So long story short, I research, I find out that it's in this town. So I'm going to visit this town. I write a letter to all the people that I think are related to me. I'm saying, I'm going to visit this town. If you're related to me, come here, have dinner. If not, you know, I'll be passing through, but you know. And I went to Sicily and I met these people and I ended up going back and a couple times, actually, I've been back to Sicily probably five times. So I wanted to write a song about my grandmother because she, I never saw a picture of her, but it was amazing to be able to stand where in the town and see the panorama of the, the hills and the farms. And so it does sound a little Celtic, but I do understand that um, some Sicilian music is in that time signature so um so that's really what it's about it's just about returning someplace to somebody who will never she won't, doesn't know who i am i mean she passed away a long time ago but it's just about the generations of people and that there still is a connection even all those years even with the people that live there and um and i was able to see what she saw you know it hasn't changed much
Tracy Coletto, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, it's been wonderful, it's been wonderful speaking with you. And thank you for sharing your thoughts and memories with us all. Thank you. Rosa The distance has been met Now I can see what you have left And still the fields singe in the summer's night The clouds they ride upon the Sirago Your mother's tears long dried away. Rosa, I ask yet most want to forget. Was it all worth it? And did your Debbie Souter of Together Talking Music and today I was speaking with Tracy Coletto 